My name is Anthony Capazzoli, and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts and let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy recovery. God bless any podcast about recovery, but mine really is not a gladiator school in terms of we don't get into the depths. We all know that we all sucked at one point. We did a lot of yeah. drugs, a lot of drinking and whatever. Um, yeah. So I kind of just use that as the common thread. Don't get into the details unless it's pertinent to the story. And I say that because uh, I don't, some podcasts I've listened to and not mention any names or having any judgment, but right. get into, man, I used to drink so much. I don't give a shit. Meaning yeah. it's more important to me about, you know, the journey from the darkness of addiction into the summer yeah. uh, of recovery, which, which of course is the beauty of why we're here. Absolutely. That sounds good. That sounds good to me. I'm excited to have you on, man. This is awesome. Yeah. So one of the Appreciate things that it. I like to start with is, you know, what life was like pre-addiction. I am not a doctor. I say yeah. this every time, but I use the term pre-addiction just because if there is there's usually some kind of trauma or something if there wasn't fine, but I'm just curious, what was life like before whatever happened, happened? Yeah. So, um, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm 30 years old. Um, but basically just like you were saying, you know, my parents got divorced when I was four years old and everything in my life changed. Um, uh, but I really didn't know anything different. I knew like, okay, I stay with my dad during the week and go to school. And then on weekends I'd get on a train and I go see my mother in the North end of Boston. And that was just normal to me. Um, when I was 12 years old, um, I found out that my mother left, um, for a woman and, um, left my dad for a woman. And I'm finding out my mother's, you know, a lesbian. And shortly after that, I started getting high. And that's pretty much like how the story goes. You know, yeah. it's very simple. I, uh, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to numb any kind of feelings that I had. And, you know, a week after I found out, I started uh, smoking pot. And shortly after that, I started drinking. And I have a very um, <clears throat> standard story of how I just started smoking pot. It progressed yeah. to alcohol. And then before I knew it, I was doing lines of cocaine and um, I found Oxycontin, 80 milligram pills. And, um, you know, the whole run around of a, of a kid in high school, kind of like playing around with drugs, losing all my, you know, I started out playing sports and I had, um, you know, I had good academics. 
And then once I started getting high, everything just went down the tubes. Um, and I really was just running from myself for years. Um, when I was 16 years old, I, I hit my first treatment center for Oxycontin and cocaine, and I learned how to shoot heroin. So 16 years old, um, I'm an IV drug user, um, in and out of homelessness because my dad didn't know what to do with me. I lost all my, um, you know, all my athletics. I got kicked off of every team I ever played for. And um, drugs like took its toll, like real, they took their toll like really quick. Um, and I basically, <clears throat> my whole story of being home and being a drug addict and, you know, ruining my reputation overnight was gone because I was on a plane down to Florida. And from 2012 to 2020, I was in Florida, um, basically doing everything wrong in recovery and learning all the ways to not go about recovery. Um, in and out of halfway houses, in and out of relapses, so many overdoses. And just like the story of like doing the steps and, and getting to like amends and like getting to that part where like I could like really right some wrongs and just ruining it again. Yeah. And just that, that, that cycle of just like picking up the pieces and things start looking good. And I start building trust and the bridges start mending themselves and then boom, like just crash and burn. And, um, I found methamphetamines down in Florida and, um, the drug use was never the same again. Um, it basically ruined, um, my life in every different way that it could have. And, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it brought me to the deepest part of my addiction. It brought me to the depths of hell and it brought me to like this darkness that I never want to experience again. And because of that, like I found recovery up in Massachusetts. I got back to my family. I found music and, um, you know, just as much as drugs have brought me down into the depths of the darkness, like after I surrendered to God and I, and I gave recovery a chance and I started trying to, um, you know, right some of my wrongs, you know, God, as I drew close to God, God drew closer to me and, um, things just started turning around, you know? So like, I can talk about how bad my life is all day long. It was terrible. The, the, the use of drugs, you know, I was a human pincushion for years. Like I, all I knew was getting high. All I knew was destroy and um, steal and lie and cheat. And, um, you know, now the way my life looks today, I just, I don't even remember half of it. I don't even remember what it feels like to wake up like <laughs> and need and need something to operate, you know, like now, yeah. like I get right with God in the morning and I, and I say yes to opportunities like this. And I just find myself being more and more, um, you know, in the presence of God and, and, and just, just sitting in grace, you know, just all day thinking about how I had a podcast tonight, you know, and I'll tell you one thing, like, I didn't think about getting high. Yeah. You know, that's and amazing. I think that's the beauty of it. Dude, that that's, very powerful. I have two quick questions. It's interesting because uh, most people that like to go up don't like to go down. I've only had a few guests that have been on that did both blow and meth yeah. and oxy and H. Like it, it, the mix, yeah. it's rare that I have guests that do both. And, but the one thing that that is a common thread is anyone that does hit meth is usually the final step. And they either die yeah. 
or they 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 figure things out. So I'm first of all, I'm honored to have you on. You look and yeah, sound absolutely. great, dude. It. You look healthy and it's wonderful. It. it really is, man. Yeah. Yeah. And to answer your question, I, I like just because it's it's fresh, like what you're saying. You know, I, I had 23 overdoses from opiates. And I mean, it was it was all the time. I mean, there were weeks where I'd OD three, four times in the week. And um, just and every story has a story where it's like every single one of my overdoses. It's like, how did you come back from that? Like, how did you how did they hear your body hit the floor above you or how did you not, how did that airbag not kill you? All these things, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then I found crystal meth down in Florida and I realized, okay, this substance allows me to stay up for two weeks at a time and I'm not overdosing. So I think I found it. I think, and so the whole time I'm using crystal, I'm thinking, oh, everything's fine. Like I can, I can pull this off after the first few days of just ripping and tweaking heavy. I can pull this off and, and it makes me feel like I'm on top of the world. And uh, I look back at some, some of the footage I have of myself and some of the things that I used to write down. And it's just like, wow, like I couldn't have been any further away from the light. And I was just sitting in darkness and um, the life that I started to live was just, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy looking back. I really wouldn't. So what was it that, because um, I, I, like you, uh, I had to fail a few times at attempting to recover until I nearly died. And then I made it into recovery. And, and I, I do believe that, like you said, God or your higher power right. breaks you to help you build back. So I needed to hit Absolutely. rock bottom very, very hard. And I bounced quite a few times. So it's yeah. what I'm always interested in is what was the difference between the one time that you're like, fuck it, I am done. And, and yeah. you put the work in and you get through it the right way. Cause it, days are hard, right? I still have hard days. I'm three and a half, almost four years in. And I still have yeah. moments where I've got a white knuckle two parts of the day. Uh, so I'm curious, what, what was right. it that gave you the strength and the focus to let the recovery stick this time? Yeah. So I, I I've talked, I've talked about this, to a few different people and um the simplest way i can put it is i surrendered and I, i've been hearing this word surrender for a yeah. long time and i've heard people say that they did it and i just knew i've heard it a lot but i i, I don't think that i've ever actually surrendered because i always have this this and this that i kind of need to keep to my i need to i need to smoke a little pot or i need to watch a little porn or i need to gamble on this game like I, I could never just give that all up. I mean, surrender, you have to give all of that. up. You can't hold on to one or two things. So when I finally hit my knees and I literally like was crying to the sky and I said, I told God, like, I literally, like, I, I surrender. I will give you everything that I am holding on to. If you just help me out here. And um, it was like, it was like the next day, I just like everything seemed different. Um, and I can't explain it without it sounding like kind of like out of a movie or something. But just every day since that's happened, um, I, I, my routine is different. I'm a big guy. I, I'm so big on routine. And I wake up and, you know, sometimes even just ma making my bed, like if I don't make my bed, it doesn't feel right. And Same right thing. now, like I can think about it right now, like. 
that's why sometimes my girl will make my bed and I'll be like, you don't even know like what you just did. Like you just made my whole day. Like you have no idea. You know? And um, I'm not, so I'm really laughing because that's exact that one of the things for me every day, I make my bed every single morning. And if I don't, it messes me up. I can't yeah. do anything else. Right. I feel like I'm always a little off. So, right. I totally so that's, so that's where it started for me. And now I'm seeing that if I'm not reading some type of literature, some type of word, whatever it may be, and I'm not actually giving myself some time in the morning before the scrolling. And that's obviously something that I talk, I talk about this a lot before I'm scrolling TikTok, because TikTok's a huge thing in my life today. It's, a, yeah. it's an asset to me. I use it. Um, it makes, it helps me to you know, be in communication with a lot of different people that I wouldn't be um, before it. But if I'm scrolling it and I'm looking for validation and I'm posting on, you know, TikTok, I'm posting on Facebook and trying doing all these things before I'm giving time to like my creator. And that's kind of how I look at it. Like I need to get right with God in the morning, ask for his strength to be free from the obsession to use. Because as an addict, I was just talking to my dad about this this morning as an addict, our our greatest enemy is that mental obsession and it's, it comes at us when we least expect it. Yeah. And if we are not spiritually fit, that persistent or reoccurring thought or idea that's stronger than does not respond to reason, no matter what the consequences may be, if we're not spiritually fit and that obsession hits us, we're out the door. Yeah. And I mean, it depends on what going out the door means for each person for me, it means death. You know, it means it means needles. It means robbery. It means home invasions. It means like we're talking bottom of the barrel drug addict type. Like I need the next one type stuff. Real like real gutter type stuff. Whereas on the other side of that, the caveat to that is if I'm living in the light and I'm putting God first and I'm consuming like his word or um, a the big book of AA or any literature. I have books all over the place. I write music and I do all these things that get me out of the risk of going out the door. And that's kind of what I'm just trying to, I've said this before too. Like I'm just trying to get to that pillow tonight. You know, I know that I have a warm place to lay my head and I'm safe. And I didn't have that for many, many nights. So it's kind of where I am. No, but, dude. Yeah. I'm with you on everything you just said. So I, like the, for, starting with the surrender with, that you'd mentioned, I, for me, it was getting rid of my ego, getting rid of my need to be right, getting rid of the materialism, getting rid of conspicuous consumption and the pressures and the bullshit that I put on myself and then lying to myself. I would fake it and create this persona that just didn't even exist. It was just all bullshit. Yeah. And I would drink to maintain that, that fakeness, you know, and then yeah. I would do drugs and cocaine. It was cocaine for me. And yeah. just to stay up for days to, to, to almost wallow in my own bullshit. And it was yeah. all ego driven. And there were some other things and there's some traumas and stuff, but largely it, for me, I didn't get it right until I realized how wrong I was getting it. Cause I nearly died. And then I thought to myself, right. like, if I get out of here, I'm, I'm done. Because like I, I needed to make sure that my kids were had a good life. They didn't deserve any of this. And my wife needed, yeah. want, I wanted, she didn't deserve this, you know? So, and like you, I had to surrender and put it down and put myself in check in the humility. Yeah. My favorite part of recovery 
is first of all being able to listen to wonderful stories like yours and yeah. and in in with with open heart and i love that but i love the humility of it i love the graciousness of it i love how living simply and what i mean is mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I like to wear sweatpants and go play basketball or go play tennis uh you know spend mm-hmm. time with my kids doing silly things and like, I love that I don't have to worry about who's going to call, who's going to text, who do I get to go out with tonight? Where the fuck am I going to sleep? Yeah. I'm going to be so drunk and coked up. I can't get home or yeah. whatever. Yeah. All that bullshit and putting it all. So first of all, the surrender, but the ego check. And like you, um, my spirituality, I am spiritual and I do pray, and give it up to God. And, and I and I do that in a in a quiet mm-hmm. way. And, and, and people should do whatever they need to do to get there. And for me, like yeah. you, I have yeah. to every day have the routine and keep things simple and mm-hmm. not put myself in positions to make bad choices. Like, in, and exactly. I'll give an example. Like, I, you know, I've been to weddings before, sober, and I can feel it coming. You know what I mean? Like, you, I can start to feel that tension and the anxiety yeah, and the want. Absolutely. So then as soon as I start to feel that wanting, I got to get the hell out because I know my yeah. next choice is a fucking eight ball in as much yeah. vodka as I can slam in a breath. And then yeah. I'm, then I'm yeah, absolutely. So yeah. in the routines for me, I had to figure out outlets for my triggers in a positive way. So for you, it's your music, which I'd like to talk about, but I had to figure how do I, how do I respond in a positive way to my triggers in the podcast is one of them. Boxing yeah. is a big one for me, walking, biking and things. So I did a psychosomatic thing. So for you, I'm excited to learn about what life is like now in the sunshine for you, because yeah. you said music is a big part of your life. And you'd be the first guest that I've had on that went to music. I have people that go into writing and poetry, uh, all yeah. kinds of things. I'm really, well, that's where it started. It started with writing. And um, after the death of my brother, I started writing and that turned into poems. And, and then I j- eventually started making music. So um yeah it's it's the biggest tool that I, other than prayer and other than the fellowship i mean yeah. music music is a is a godsend type tool for me man like i can't i can't say enough about it so i want to put words in your mouth but it, it's got to feel nice to blow out the negative energy in a creative and a positive oh, yeah. way because oh, yeah. i'm used to blowing it out with blow <laughs> like, yeah yeah I mean? yeah so exactly it, it's crazy and uh, that's how it's funny you say that because that's how I look at it. I mean, I'm looking right now. I have this notebook that I've been working on and this folder full of just things that I've written. And, you know, I used to, I, I'm a, like I said, I'm an IV drug user. I've really like, I've been filling the void with everything other than God for so many years. Right. And now I'm not filling that void with drugs. Um, I'm actually filling this, this void that I have with like all my emotions that are in my head. I'm like putting it on paper and, and I'm able to, it's all relief for me. You know, everything that I write, it's like, I, it's like, I got something off my chest yeah. and I didn't realize that this is what was going to happen. I had, I always knew that I had some type of music ability, but I didn't realize that I was ever going to be able to do, you know, half the stuff that I've done so far. And, you know, now I'm making it like kind of like a full-time thing. So now I'm, I'm finding myself, I'm getting better at it, you know, and I'm, and I'm doing more of it and I'm doing it on a bigger scale and a more professional scale. And I'm just like, 
you know, all these days start meshing together. And I'm like, wow, I just wrote like I just wrote three songs and put together like 10 videos for TikTok. And I awesome. all all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, dude, I haven't been thinking about getting high. I haven't been lying, cheating, stealing. I right. don't have to worry about like any, you know what I mean? So sometimes I have to remind myself of that, you know, I'm like now looking, I'm on a, I'm on a podcast, you know, I could be being heard in all these different places that I had no idea could ever happen. And it all started with, like I said, that surrender. Yeah. And you remember know? one of the things that I'd laugh with my wife about is now when I see the cops and I'm driving down the car, I'm driving on my car, I used to see the cops and be like, fuck, I got this blow in my pocket drinking yeah. all the shit that you go through, right? If I got to make it to the stop, yeah. like don't look and try to overdo it. Now I, it's the most wonderful thing in the world. And anyone that yeah. isn't, you know, doesn't understand what I'm saying. I know that you do to have, to not have that pressure to not think I'm going to, I can go to jail. I could die. Oh like, yeah. I'm not going to get home for my kid, whatever it is to, to have all that pressure gone and replaced with positive energy and spending a Absolutely. day where at the end of the day, you're tired because you, you expressed your energy in a very positive, wonderful way. Absolutely. It's amazing. I am not yeah. uh, artistic in any way from a musical perspective, but I love that that's what you're doing, man. And so where do people go to see you, hear you? Uh, what, what's your so, life like professionally there? Yeah. I mean, so <clears throat> With about a year ago, I put out my second single. My first single was like my first song ever. And it was basically my story of being in Florida for eight years. Like I basically wrote this song called Fear God. It took me a year to write it. I finally got home after basically crawling out of the depths of hell to come home. Um, and me and my, I, I'll never forget it. Me and both my parents rolled up into a studio in Cambridge. It's one of the nicest studios in Boston. And we recorded my song together. And I'll never forget listening to it after we, in the car on the way home together. And I'm like, wow, like it, right, right then it was like that first, you know, and I've never said this before. It sounds ridiculous saying it, but it's like that first real good hit of whatever drug you're talking about. Like I, got in the car with my parents and listened to my song that I just recorded that I wrote for a year. And I'm like, dude, like I could do this again. I could definitely, I could get used to this. And now I have like six singles. Um, within the last year I've, I've put out like five singles, a, a real music video, which is, um, is it's called God's country. And it's, you know, it's on YouTube and it's like the first legitimate, you know, it, it's professional. There's real clips of like real, like movies and sporting events. And it's like, for me to see that, you know, in HD up on the screen, it's like, wow, like what a gift, you know, what a gift. Dude. So now, yeah. And that's like a big deal. But like, I think the biggest deal of all is like, you know, just meeting Jay right on TikTok. Like I just put out a bunch of videos on TikTok and Jay started liking them and started doing du duets on them and making his own videos with my songs and stuff. And like <laughs> now great. Jay has put me in, he's great. Like he put me in, in touch with four separate podcasts, you know, so four separate opportunities to spread my, my story and my message, you know, and, and ultimately like, if you don't know what my message is by now, it's literally just like, if I can do what you can too. And that's like, that's always going to be my message, you know? Cause I was a, bottom of the barrel junk bomb dude like just really bad and now 
you know, in the, in the most humble way possible, like I'm doing something that I never dreamed of doing at a really high, like really high level. And, um, not only that, like as good as I think my music is, you know, cause I do, I really think it's like really solid music. That's not out there. There's not, this kind of music isn't really like saturating the industry right now. It's, it's basically like, I'm basically referred to as a recovery rapper and I basically just make music about recovery and I give people, you know, I, I like to take the stories of people and put it on paper and it's literally just my story and everybody can relate to the things I'm saying because I'm just another addict out here, like trying to make it, you know, trying to preach that like we do recover. You know, and we do. So, like, if anybody's looking for my music, it's just under Mike Natale on TikTok is really where it's, you know, that's where it's popping right now. It's that's TikTok is really like the place to be, and uh, it's Mike dot official. And you know, I have like over a hundred videos on there right now, and um, it's great. Any one of those videos, and they all happened in the last eight months. Um, every one of those videos, you're gonna get something about recovery or something about life, and you're gonna you're gonna leave maybe thinking a little different, you know. Um, and that's just kind of my goal. My goal is to just give people a different perspective on the other side of it, you know, yeah. because we hear all this music on the radio about drugs and sex and women and, and all this and stuff yeah. and that's like my last single i put out called no mercy it's just like i'm talking right to these rappers that are basically glorifying this stuff killing our kids um you know and that's the the direction i'm going and i plan on putting an album out next year and um i just want to make music for people to listen to and, and just like look around say damn like this kid's doing something different you know and that's that's my goal i just want to be like genuine and and real about this whole thing and like yeah. let people know you know like a, this disease of addiction is not a death sentence as it once was in my eyes i used to think dude i'm screwed you know i'm not gonna make it out of this like i can't i'm promising left and right that i'm not gonna get high and with when you turn your back, I'm already high. I mean, I've been high before I was even thinking about not getting high again. Like, that's yeah. how it was for me. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I love that you're like on the other side of this, dude. Music, it's mostly representing what you said, the drugs, right. the alcohol, the money, the cars and in all of that. Right. And, and, yeah. and I, I love that you're coming at it from a different way with the same passion and the same love and with a different message and it's it's fantastic yeah. i will have links to all of your music and how people can find you oh, that's great. so that they can find you and support you in the show notes for our episode here today but mike it, it has really been awesome to meet you and i love the fact that yeah, if you absolutely. noticed we skipped over most of the dirty stuff the drug time and yeah, everything. Well, went right into the good shit which i like, dig dude that's like a good episode said, like you said, we all know how to get high and we all know how, yeah. how it is to struggle and, and like just be in there. So like, I don't, I didn't feel like necessary to, yeah. to let you know about all that. Cause Absolutely. you can just, you can just fill in the blanks, man. That shit was, shit was tough, dude. And now yeah. like, it, I'll be honest with you, like things are pretty, like I'm in my own studio at my house. Like things are pretty good, dude. I can't <laughs> complain. You know, it's awesome. I just so, love it. And I want to say Boston is one of my absolute favorite cities in the country. Oh, 
been okay. been there quite a few times and uh oh yeah big big fan dude one thing about people from boston uh they don't take any shit that's for sure i'm from chicago wow. originally and the thing about boston they're very real very authentic people and i i see i sense that in you dude and i like that you you come in you, you and you're sharing and uh it is a real privilege privilege to to, to know you man oh i appreciate that man yeah i'm just you know i, I lately have been kind of I've been feeling more and more that I'm kind of becoming more of a voice around in my city for recovery. Like, like I'm trying to become a recovery coach with Jay and like, I want people to realize that there are people out here like that were that kind of person, but are not that kind of person anymore, man. And like, we're out here and like we're trying to make a difference. I'm looking at these kids, you know, my niece is 14, 15 years old now. She's just like she in, in high school. Like when I was in high school, like I was. <laughs> oh, That's man. Fine, yeah. I can't even I can't even tell you what I was like when I was in high school. But um, yeah, there's there's people out here really trying to make a difference. And like I'm just trying to surround myself with those people yeah. and maybe somehow like form a team, you know, and, and maybe really start cracking like, you know, cracking down on some. Uh, some real life solution, you know, and, yeah. and the solution to this this whole problem is the spiritual one. So I agree, man. And if there's ever anything I could do to be supportive, not only of your music, but you getting the message out in a positive way. Uh, Appreciate that. Know, man, I, I'm here to help in any way that I can. And the way that I, I do try to help is through the podcast, because my, my hope is to either help people uh, find sobriety stay on sobriety or get back to sobriety. Uh, and so yeah. thank you for helping me do that today. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's my pleasure. It really is.